Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 348. Hey, 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 you lot. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope you've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related. Related. Indeedy. Welcome back to another week, another episode. Thank you for joining us. If you've just discovered the podcast, then welcome aboard. It's good to have you here. If you're a long-time listener, one of the old grizzled ancients, then welcome back. It's all good. Mm. A bit of a slow week, really, dude. Nothing happened, did it? (laughs) Not a lot. Nothing at all. Not much. What's going on? Mm-hmm. We certainly haven't got any news to cover anyway. Still really quiet, dude. I, hit, I did hear one rumour in the in in the media. I think it was a link to some website, like The Guardian or something like that, mm-hmm. where somebody said that uh, we should be having an announcement imminently for uh, the next Doctor in the coming weeks, apparently. Oh, right. Okay. So better late than never, <laughs> I guess. Uh, because at the end of our review episode, Legends of the Sea Devils, in the uh, the old Next Time trailer... We had a certain doctor who was cracking on with a regen, so they want to get their foot down. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah it's no, all kicking uh, in now, it's all happening. It is, it's all really quiet, it's like the calm before the storm with the whole casting announcement at the minute, because we had the the big swirl of ridiculousness, didn't we, for a couple of <laughs> months where a bunch of different names were thrown in the hat, as it always, you know, always happens, but yeah, it's quietened down now, it's like nothing happening at all until until Russell gives us the green light. Yeah, feels the whole good. Thing to say just that. feels like I'm just thinking we haven't got you know. So we get that trailer, which has caused quite a buzz, uh, and then I'm thinking, yeah, but it's so weird. We've got a trailer for something that isn't going to be out till I think it's November. It's rumored uh, the centenary special. It's just such a long. It's just so dragged out. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about the trailer now or in the in the app because I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, that's what most people were talking about. Let's talk Twitter, about it in the app. Yeah. Talk about the app. But yeah, it does feel like, you know, you get that and there's a big buzz of excitement because of a couple, you know, things that are in it. And then it's like, yeah, but we've got months <laughs> and months to wait now. It just feels this whole era just feels so dragged out. It's hard to, it's like the momentum builds and then it's you've, the foot's off the gas and you're just, you know, climbing up the hill for another few months. And then, yeah, but. I know what you mean, dude. Yeah, it's a bit like, yeah. uh, well, we had this with the trailer for this this episode, didn't we? The Sea Devils. Yeah, months and yeah. months ago and the it was awesome because yeah everyone's everyone's really excited because a classic monster's coming mm. back and it's going to be amazing and then we had months and months to wait and then it's here and now there's a trailer but that's months and months away so it does feel it does feel weird i wonder what, what it was like with the david tennant you know that year where they did the specials at the end of series yeah. four i wonder if people felt the same with that whether it was like a oh god this year just feels really dragged out or whether it was um because I, I honestly can't put my myself in the shoes of Who fans at that point because I don't think I was watching Doctor Who at that point. So No, I don't remember it being this bad. I mean, I, obviously I was there at the time. I 
I'm sure I would have been feeling like, you know, come on, we need to, you know, I'm sure there would have been some sort of frustration that, oh, we've got a couple of months now to the next one or whatever. But I don't remember it feeling like this, where it just feels like the breadcrumbs are just thrown out every sort of <laughs> six to nine months, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember it feeling this bad. It might have done. can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right, though. It does feel like it's dragging on a bit now. So, mm. yeah. Have you done anything Who related, dude? Nothing at all, I'm afraid. Mm. No, with Easter and just been doing family stuff and eating loads of chocolate, of course. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid there hasn't been a lot of time for who, I'm afraid. Yeah, mm. same, dude. Yeah, just um, eating a wee bit of chocolate. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was, in, uh, I was in Wales with the family at the weekend, so. Did you, uh, um, about. did you get back, because I saw you were in Caerphilly, did you get back in time to watch the app live or did you watch it? On the uh, iPlayer. Yeah, so we came back, uh, I think we got back Sunday lunchtime-ish, so yeah, I was home then, so I watched oh. it live, yep. Oh, cool, okay, because I was at a family get-together, and I wasn't, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't too bothered at whether I got back to watch it live. I thought it'd be nice if we do, but not too bothered. Um, you know, I'll catch it when we get in. And uh, it just timed perfectly, like everyone started <laughs> to leave around half six, and uh, we got back at literally like seven o'clock, and I was like, oh, I've got ten minutes to make a cuppa, and sat down and it was just the perfect time and I was like oh my gosh so I literally sort of slumped in the sofa with my cup of tea as the announcer was saying and now on BBC One and I was like oh, wow it was just perfect timing so it was meant to be so it was yeah I was quite glad in a way I got to see it live because obviously you know the spoiler stuff from the trailer and that was on Twitter within seconds so I'm kind of glad I saw it live oh, cool, and the reaction to yeah. it was interesting of course of course yeah <laughs> very uh very insightful i think is the best Very. word for the reaction afterwards yeah no reader mm. yeah so watch it live same as you bud and i know that you've re-watched it right but i haven't i i re-watched it yesterday uh, okay. i just thought i'd yeah. give it another watch it was still kind of fresh in my mind but i was having my lunch and i thought i'll just bang it on and and just um just you know get have a refresh of it because there was a lot to digest really in terms of my thoughts on it and um yeah, so I thought I'd give it another watch. Okay, yesterday. cool. Coolio. Okay, so we're a bit light on the old Doctor Who stuff during the week, and there's no news, so we might as well crack straight on with our review, bud. But before we do that, please make sure that you're following or subscribing to this podcast in your preferred podcast app of choice. That way you won't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. So we're on all of the podcast apps. You do a search for us, or you can head over to the website, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all the apps for free over there, and you can read the reviews and articles from our writing team. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There are links on the website, and we have a free Discord server. So uh, join up, sign up, hop in there and chat plenty of Who with other Who fans, which is good. And also, don't forget to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. It is, course, of course, The Geek's Handbag. I'd, I'd almost forgot. I genuinely was like, what's he on about? Oh, yes, yeah, my channel, yeah. Go and check out my channel, my YouTube channel, yeah, on all the socials as well. On Loads the of Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only that. do Doctor Who now. If I do a video on anything else, no one watches it, so I just do Doctor Who now. I love that, yeah. Just loads of Who stuff. Yep, yeah, I did a Star Wars video stuff. once, and it got about 10 views, so I was like, oh, I won't bother. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that was a, a, a really good sell there from Adam yeah. for his channel. So make sure you go yeah, and do that. the Star Wars video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and get his ad clicks up a little bit. Go on, yeah. go and do oh, it. Oh, yeah, do. that'd be good, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, he's on the social too, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So go and have a chat with him. 
over there. So, dude, review time. We have no idea what it's going to be. So, what is it? <laughs> yeah, shock horror. Uh, so, yeah, this week, Doctor Who, Legend of the Sea Devils. Sea Devil. Come straight for us. That's impossible. Madame Ching, Paraquid. Where's the crew? That'll be us. We don't stand a chance. Yes, did you just stand up like this? You're like a kid sometimes. Thanks. Say hello to my crew. The world has been disrupted because of you. Because of what you unleashed. You want to create chaos. It is our time. Man the cannons. The ship is going down. Down! Legend of the Sea Devils, then, was broadcast, as we know, on the 17th of April, very recently. Runtime of just shy of 50 minutes and was directed by Haolu Wang and written by Ella Rode, who's a new writer, I understand, for Doctor Who, along with mm. Chris Chibnall. Stars Mandip Gill, John Bishop and Jodie Whittaker, of course, and then about a dozen uh, supporting cast uh, members, about half of that, the uh, dudes in the Sea Devil costumes. And the synopsis is when the legendary pirate queen Zheng Yi Sao, alias Madame Ching, awakens an anti-deluvian uh, anti sea devil extremist. The Doctor's TARDIS is pulled off course and Team TARDIS... Team TARDIS? Team TARDIS. ...must try to work together with the historical rogue to save the entire Earth from global flood. But amidst the high stakes, high sea adventure, it soon becomes clear the stakes for everyone involved, even the 13th Doctor and Yaz, are much more personal than a legendary sunken treasure or even the all-important keystone ellipsis. That blimming keystone. The keystone, eh? <laughs> All right, dude, Legend of the Sea Devils, then. What you got? What do you reckon? Yeah. Should we just should we just skip the review and talk about the next time trailer oh, like mate. everyone else? Oh. <laughs> Go on, let's not bother. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think if I was to sum it up, I'd say disappointing, because it was... I thought it was in some respects. So on the first watch, when I watched it, when I got in on Sunday, I, I, I thought it was enjoyable enough as a bit of fluff. It just, I just got to the end of it, and I was like, it was just, it felt filler to me, to be honest. But what really struck me was how bad the editing was in it. I mean, it was almost incoherent, and also, although it was a really sort of simple story, really, because so much seemed to be missing, it was like scenes were missing from it it didn't really it, it was hard to understand and it shouldn't be because when you read that synopsis it's pretty it's a pretty simple story really at the end of the day isn't it sea devils want to claim the earth back you know which we've seen before and, you know so it was a fairly simple story just unnecessarily complicated by the fact that the narrative seemed to get lost in the dreadful editing and direction um and watching it again yesterday so i didn't hate it when i watched it i thought well it wasn't very good but it wasn't you know it was watchable i thought you know it's very middle of the road felt filler you can tell this is the episode that chibnall was asked to write at the last minute because we weren't sure were we we weren't sure if it was this or the centenary which but this is the one that he got asked to write uh very quickly uh which is why he brought in whatever her name is so who's the writer 
this new writer that we've never heard of. Oh, was it um, Ella Road? Ella Road. So he brings her in. They they cobble this together. We know it's made under COVID conditions. He's we I've read this interview with Chibbers uh, just recently where he talked about the the difficult conditions they had to make this. So you, you throw him a little bit of slack. But it really showed. I mean, there was scene. The, the scene that really stands out to me is that when the sea devils massacring people, the sword fight sort of in the middle when people are getting killed, and there's no. Sh- <laughs> you get a shot of the sea devil swiping a sword, then you get an almost co- unintentionally comedic sort of death. But they're clearly not in the same room. It it, it just looks so bad. Um, so yeah, watching this again yesterday, what what really sort of stood out to me really was the poor production. Um, in terms of the editing and, and direction, the acting is woeful, pretty much from everybody in it. Um, and to be fair to the actors, though, the dialogue is atrocious. I mean, it, it is there is so much expedition in this; it's unbelievable. It's but they are basically for because I noticed this more on a second watch that most of the time the cast are standing there telling you what's happening. They're explaining the story. Which would be fine if you had. It's as if there were scenes that were shot that were either cut because it does seem a strange runtime for a special forty-seven minutes. Now I don't know why they would cut these scenes because they would certainly help, or the director didn't know what they were doing, or somebody didn't know what they were doing, and they weren't filmed. So these little sort of linking scenes that you need to make a scene work are not there, you know. So the narrative of this episode is just really disjointed. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of production and as a story, really, it's it's pretty poor, I have to say. Um, but if I was just to sit back and put it on and watch it, I think it's all right. But but a Doctor Who special shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be watchable fluff. It should be so much better than that. And I I can't forgive some of the <laughs> production errors in this, especially spelling Malcolm Hulk's name wrong in the credits. The the creator of the Blimmin' Sea Devils, <laughs> and you spell his name wrong in the credits. I mean for. Goodness, what happened on this episode, man? I know it was rushed. We can give them a little bit of slack because of COVID, but come on. It was, it's a bit of a shambles, really. A sea shanty shambles. That's what I'm going to, that's, that's how I'm going to sum it up. <laughs> nice. I thought it was a sea shanty shambles, but it could have been fun. I think that's what I find frustrating is I think there's stuff in it, which I think um, is promising. You know, like I like the statue of the sea devil at the start when I thought, oh, that looks pretty cool. And, the Sea Devils themselves had potential, but um, I've got a lot to say in it. So I'll, I'll let's let's go over to you. We'll 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 <laughs> talk through it. There's there's a lot that is just frustrating because I feel like oh that could have been good, but oh it wasn't. You know that's that's my whole feeling throughout the whole episode really. <laughs> so a sea shanty shambles for me. What about you? Yeah, I don't think I can even go that far with it, mate. No, I didn't think you. <laughs> no. Oh dear. Doctor Who listener, Big Blue Box listener, I'm very sorry. This is not going to be a good one. This could be a bit ranty, listener. Yeah, I'm really sorry because... Actually, no, I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry for um, the obvious negativity that's going to come out of the the review, I guess. But I know we've got a lot of Jodie fans that listen to the show and as looking at Twitter and Facebook after the episode went out, there was a lot of people that did like it. you know. And if you're one of those people, if you if you liked it, then then fair play, absolutely. If you enjoyed it, then... Nobody can take that away. It's all good. But I, I'll i be honest, 100% honest. I texted Adam after the episode went out 
He broke the cardinal rule, listener. We never normally mm. discuss episodes before we record a review. That's true. We always wait and until we record. Me. Yeah, I text he him. He texts me just... straight after. <laughs> and the reason for that is because I don't even want to review it. No. I said to Adam, I was like, because there was a phase that we went through. I think it was series 12. Series 12, I think it was, or maybe 13, where Adam texted me a few times and said, look, mate, I'm really considering just ducking out of the podcast for a few weeks because I just can't go on every week to to be you know that negative about it all and, and mm. just slamming it the whole time and that's the feeling that I had on on Sunday right. I was like yeah, yeah I was like I just is it worth going on the show and just but then again you know you put your your big boy pants on you get on with it so it's more for the listeners sake isn't it you just yeah. feel like you don't want to just rant and rave but they'll the thing is though what you have to remind yourself is there will be people that will be nodding and agreeing and there'll be some that'll be saying oh you're miserable old so-and-sos but mm-hmm. i feel like and especially the reaction on you know online to this episode i feel like there might be quite a few people agreeing with you it's even people who are hardcore jd fans i've seen have not been impressed at all with this episode so get it all off your chest mate come on let it all out yeah so i think it's more a case of trying to find out what is good about it more than just everything that's bad i mean you kind of summarize it quite nicely i think um sort of the top line things for me were the umbrella statement i guess is that it's an a hugely wasted opportunity for the sea devils as a story that's probably the most frustrating thing it's you know uh, like if you're going to bring back a classic monster that's loved by, you know, especially classic Who fans, but, you know, probably a large portion of modern Who fans as well that have gone back and watched the classic stuff. Um, you've got such a great monster that's got a lot of potential. And the writing just distills it down to, I want to take over the world. It's okay. like the most basic of basic Bond villain storylines that you could ever concoct like how much time did you think yeah you know ella road and chris chibnall how much time did you put into writing the story for this for the sea devils you had endless opportunities to make this such a great story with them and really give the doctor a lot of trouble and really but that's all they come up with the sea devils just want to take over the planet it's like the most basic thing like you, you have a classroom full of primary kids and you say to them right i want you to all write a baddie story tell you know make up a a monster and then write up a plan for them i guarantee 95 percent of all the kids in the class would be like this is a monster called so-and-so and he wants to take over the planet and do this and do that so that for me is just the biggest thing mate it's it's such a waste and then on top of that you've got all things that you said so the editing is just we've we've got a really good friend uh, called Reese who does a YouTube channel called Gallifrey 97 Gallifrey forever. 97 so Reese if you're listening dude um, if this is the quality that a professional company and mm. professional editors are doing how you're not working in the industry dude I've no idea because some of your fan trailers and some of the stuff that you've edited is a thousand times better than this yeah, amazing so stuff. Yeah. If anyone from the BBC or Bad Wolf is listening, which I'm, I know you do every week, then go to the YouTube channel Gallifrey, Gallifrey Forever ninety seven. Is it? 
I think. Yes, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Lovely young chap, Reese. Really talented editor. Go and hire him because it will be an improvement if this is the standard. So the editing was just uh, just shocking. The visual effects went from amazing to <laughs> its amateur hour at the BBC. Yeah. The 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 dialogue, like you said, between oh, some of the, the characters dialogue. was shocking. Like again, primary school, primary school kids play kind of level, and the the character progression <laughs> was um. Oh, dude, I, I don't even. I can't. I can't even say it, mate. I can't. Um, Gary is really struggling <laughs> with this. So the, <laughs> the two biggest sort of humdingers, I guess, for me, was Madame Ching. Madame Ching, right? Who yeah, raids Madame the Ching. village at the beginning. So, and uh, and she kills Ying Wai, who's the guy that's kind of been passed down the responsibility of keeping the, uh, the, the um, you know, the gem that's around his neck, which is yeah. essentially the keystone, right? He's been yeah. charged with keeping that safe. And the, the sea devil, what was his name? Marcissus? Uh, they trapped it in the statue, and Madame Ching turns up. She hacks it down, frees the sea devil, all the rest of it. In the process, she kills uh, Wing Yai. And so, for the rest of the episode, um, his son, Ying Kai, who has literally just witnessed his dad be brutally murdered in front of his eyes, then spends the rest of the episode laughing and smiling at the woman that's just murdered his father, and at the end, gives her a massive hug and says, "Yeah, cool. I, I, I want to be part of the crew." I'm glad. I'm so glad you've picked up on that because I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> and yet, out of all the things that have been discussed about this episode online, and there is a lot, um, <laughs> no one's mentioned that. And I thought uh, uh, that to me struck me as so odd when he gave her the hug at the end. Because uh, when I rewatched it yesterday, I thought. Because I thought to myself, I must have got that wrong. Like, maybe she didn't kill him because that just is, doesn't make any sense. He gives this big hug at the end. He wants a, He's sort of giving a puppy dog eyes. He's obviously got a bit of a thing for her. So I watched it again yesterday, and I suppose, and this is no excuse for it because it's still such a ridiculous bit of writing, but I don't think she actually kills his dad. I think she's responsible for it, if that makes sense. I'm not sure. Again, the editing and the the, the sort of narrative is so confusing. So I'm not sure. Thing, though, I right? thought she killed... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was her that sort of put the sword across, you know, killed him. But I think it's the sea devil that does it. But but it's still her fault. Exactly. You know, she set yeah. the thing free. And, so in, and she even says in the episode at some point, I'm responsible for your father's death. So mm -hmm. he, whatever way you look at it, for him to be, like you said, laughing and joking and, you know, all you and giving her that big hug at the end, it, it is just ludicrous. Like, oh, you killed my dad. <laughs> you know, the, the one that I looked up to, the one that I'm, what does what's he keep getting called all the way through? I'm now the... You know, basically, he's custodian of the yeah of the thing because yeah of this thing that's around his neck. Which we, where did that come from? Again, where was the scene? Just suddenly, out of nowhere, he's wearing the keystone. Mm -hmm. Which I assume the keystone was the thing that she broke out of the statue at the start. So, what was that thing? Oh no, that was just the um, uh, uh, that was I think just the thing that released the sea devil from the statue. But why does she want to? do that because i think that's part of the treasure that she's after so it was this oh. ancient treasure the flor de la mar treasure 
Oh, that, yeah, yeah. You know, so that was part of the treasure that would lead her to the rest of the treasure. That's what she was after. I don't think she was bothered about setting free the sea devil or anything like that. She just wants that bit of treasure that was in the statue, I think. I get it. I think so that's so he's was. wearing the keystone, but that comes out of nowhere. There's no setup for that. There's no moment of like him trying to conceal it. Just suddenly the sea devil lands behind him and it starts glowing. And even he looks surprised like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing the keystone. I mean, there's no setup for that whatsoever, is it? This is what I mean about it seems like either stuff was cut or it wasn't filmed in the first place and they've had to really cobble this story together. So there are so many moments like that. I mean, me and my other half watching this on Sunday were constantly turning to each other and going, well, how did they get there? I mean, there's a bit where the the TARDIS is grabbed by the sea monster and then the yep. next scene, they come out of it and they're inside the sea devil's ship. So I was like, so are they inside the monster now? Is the ship inside the monster or has the monster dropped the TARDIS off? So that confused me. Then there's the bit where Jodie flips the switch in the in the Sea Devil ship and it rises up, you know, and, and, and two seconds before they were sort of the prisoner of the, the Sea Devil. Then suddenly they swing on these two ropes on board the other ship. And I'm like, so hang on. What happened there? How did they escape? Like there seems to be massive chunks of narrative scene missing. You know, we just jump. It's like it's just so chopped together that it, I found it so hard to to follow, really. And yeah. then, and that's just two examples. There are multiple scenes where there seems to be explanation scenes missing. Um, there are bits where people's lips move, and dialogue is spoken by a different character. Um, there are scenes when the Doctor is on the floor grappling for a sword she gets up but the character talking to her is still looking at her as if she's on the floor there's so many strange edits in this that the rush job i just can't i would just love to know what went wrong in terms of the production because the editing and direction i'm going to say is shockingly bad it's probably one of the worst produced Mm -hmm. episodes we've had it's if you if you really watch it it's just shocking yeah, uh, but I would love to. There must be a reason, and I'm sure it's time constraint or something. It can't be. <laughs> well, I think it's down to. I'm, I'm sure it's down to a bit of a rush, right? It's because be. of the pandemic. Because um, there was a couple of people that were involved in the production of it that tweeted out afterwards as well that said something along the lines of, "I just want to say a big thank you to the rest of the crew and the team who have put this together with limited time and resources throughout the pandemic." Yeah, so yeah. I, I, that's. That's not. I'm not even sure that's the, the cause of it. But, um, it also just it just feels like a, it just feels like nobody is, because surely this would have been screened for Chibbers and some other people at the BBC and stuff. Of course, you know Mm. they've put the edit together. They think right, Chris, this is the final edit. What do you think? Surely, he would have watched it and gone. Like everyone else in the world that's watched it and said, well, that's clearly doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. So I imagine they would have said, well, we're out of time. You know, we are literally out of time. We cannot make any more edits. The episode's got to go out on Easter Sunday. It's already been announced sort of thing. So I imagine that's the case. It's like, well, it's 90% there. We're just going to have to put it out at 90%, which is... A real shame. And also, remember we said last week or the week before when we announced the runtime of 50 minutes, which ended up being more like 47 minutes. 
Mm. We we jokingly said, oh, I'm sure it'll be all right. We don't need that 10 minutes anyway. But not mm. only did we need that 10 minutes, dude, I, I haven't said this very often about Jody's era, but this should have been a two-parter. This absolutely should have been a much more fleshed out uh, with a really good cliffhanger uh, mm. two-parter, mate. I just, like... How can you do all of these things? This is like Rise of the Sky. This is like the Rise of Skywalker all over again. It's where you try to narratively do too much in a short space of time, and you end up just speed running through the story. And when you get to the end of it, you're like, "Well, there's no. I haven't got any emotional attachment to anyone." Which brings me back to the humdingers. So we had that first one with the with um the young lad. Uh, Ying Ki, who's just seen his dad be murdered. I, you know, not necessarily at the hands of madam ching but you know she's responsible yeah and then he spends the rest of the episode just gurning and grinning and smiling at her and then the other one was um uh the doctor and the yaz thing it's like i, I completely understand right that you want to progress the love interest side of things with the story because it's been building up for the last se- uh, series right so you want to get to that point where is the doctor gonna just acknowledge that, yes, she definitely... Because we know she does anyway, but is she going to tell Yaz that she has feelings for her? And after all this time, after every scene that we've seen over the last series where Yaz has been like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if she likes me, I don't know if this is a good idea, and, and all this stuff, the Doctor finally tells her, like, yep, you know, we had the little joke, you know, I'd be a great date and all that stuff, mm. and then at the end she's like... Essentially, uh, you know, I like you, but nothing's ever going to happen because when I attach myself to people, they get hurt and it's bad for me and all the rest of it. And what does Yaz do after all of the build-up? She just says, yeah, all right. Yeah, that's Yaz though, isn't it? You know, that's that's it. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure she's upset inside, but for that three and a half seconds on screen that we've had months and months of build-ups, Yaz is just like, yeah, all right, cool. Right then. And dude, don't even get me started on Dan in this one. John Bishop, quickly, mate. John Bishop, this is the easiest money you've ever made <laughs> in your life, mate. Just before you get onto Dan, just before we hold fire, hold fire, just before you get onto Dan, I just have to go quickly go back to the Jody and Yaz thing as well. Because I, I completely agree with what you're saying. But the bit that really, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't like a love interest with the Doctor Companion. Never have the Dr. Rose thing got on my wick, you know. The Martha Doctor thing that everyone hates, I kind of get on board with because it's unrequited and I and I like the speech she makes at the end about not wasting her time. But I'm just not up for this modern day thing that they keep doing where the Doctor has to fall in love with the companion. As, you know, it just doesn't, it rattles my cage. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really got me, so I'm, I'm not against the Dr. Yaz thing, but, you know, it's not something I'm really invested in like some people. But what really did get me, and it almost just made me burst out laughing because I just couldn't believe the writing, was when the Doctor turned to Yaz. Because I thought the speech was going all right. She's like, you know, if if something about if it's going to be anyone, it'd be you or whatever. And then she said, you're the most, what was it? The most amazing person I've ever met or something. What was the line? Um, She's basically saying like, Yaz is the best person she's ever, Mm -hmm. you're the most remarkable, amazing person I've ever met. And I'm like, Yaz! Out of all the people the Doctor's travelled with, Yaz is the most amazing person, the one person that the Doctor could possibly settle down with and and stop travelling and and live a normal life. Are you kidding me? She's, I mean, she doesn't even compare to, like, Sarah Jane or Joe Grant or Ace or, 
you know, Rose, Martha. I just, I, she's not even up in the same league. It, <laughs> it, it's just, I can't help but love it because it's just sort of forcing a narrative because I, I don't feel any chemistry whatsoever between the Doctor and Yaz. I really don't. You know, as I said, mm. not against, you know, if they want to go down that route, okay, go for it. But I don't feel any chemistry between them. And the thing is, when you see Mandip and Jody in real life, they clearly get on great. And there is a, <laughs> they're like best buds, aren't they? You saw them at mm. LFCC, they're all over each other laughing and joking. And there is chemistry there, but not on screen at all. So I can't buy into this. And when the doctor said that line, I let out the biggest groan. I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That's it, it just, yeah, it rattled me. Anyway, go on. Let's get to Dan because oh, God. I've been liking Dan, but I've got to say. <laughs> well, the thing is, I still like Dan. I think Dan. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah I think on. I still like Dan. He's a great, he's a great character and John Bishop plays him really well. But unfortunately for John Bishop in this one, he a gets you know relegated to um uh who's the companion we had before with graham um what um toasting Toasting Um, cole's character ryan Ryan, yeah ryan he's been relegated to ryan status where he's just kind of in the background for some of it the only scene where he gets to actually put something of worth to the story is just almost a carbon copy of the conversation we had with Yaz in the last episode. It's yeah. almost the same. Yeah. It's like he's giving her that look with the raised eyebrow and the little grin. Yeah. Like, so in the middle of all this, yeah. like trying to save the world, they have to yeah. stop and have this little chat. Yeah. And it's almost the same. It's the same feel to the scene. It's the same vibe. It's almost the same dialogue and stuff like that. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about, the writing for the plan for the sea devils is that the best that you've got to give so the penultimate story of jody leaving the show and we don't know if yaz or dan are going to carry over into the news era with with russell's era we have no idea if they're going to leave as well so this potentially could be their penultimate story and the best that you've got to offer is just a rinse and repeat of the previous story yeah come on man this has that cannot be it so how did they just land how did how did they just settle for that will do in in this this doctor who is meant to be the crowning jewel of science fiction for the bbc and this is the best that you can give us it's just a rinse and repeat job i mean come, come on mate I must admit, I mean, I, I do like Dan as a character and I like, I like John Bishop and I think he's a great guy. But um, yeah, this this is not a good story for him. I mean, he wanders off with that guy. Um, then they swim all the way to that, <laughs> supposedly swim all the way to that boat, which is ludicrous in itself. Um, the doctor just abandons him. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll come back. Dan's fine. Yeah, don't worry about Dan. But the thing I really didn't like, and if you want an example of unbelievably bad writing in this... Um, it is the bit where he massacred the sea devils in one fell swoop. I didn't like that at all. I didn't like the fact that they turned Dan into a, a killer that straight afterwards makes a joke, which, and this is the example of bad writing, by the way, I'm not even talking about the killing the sea devils. I'm talking about the line he says afterwards. So he massacres the sea devils. And I was like, no, Dan, no, you don't do that. Um, they did. I don't think they even had a sword. He can't even put it down to defending himself really. But, and then, 
the guy says to him, where did you learn to do that? And he says something like, oh, you should have seen my mother or something. Yeah. What? Yeah. It, that, that doesn't make any sense. It's not even funny. It, it's just a terrible throwaway line that makes no sense and completely doesn't undo the fact he's just massacred in cold blood uh, a load of mm. sea devils. I, I really didn't like that scene, especially as literally two seconds before, you just had the doctor telling off the other guy for killing the lead sea devil. She just said to him, you didn't have to do that. So you get that moral stance by the doctor saying, you didn't need to kill him. There's other ways of doing things. And then literally in the next scene, you get Dan slaying six sea devils in, in two seconds flat. And I just thought, what is going on here? But yeah, that line, mate, you should see you haven't met my mother or something. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. He could have said, "Oh, on... I'm a plasterer. I'm really good at doing <laughs> stuff like this." Or he could have said anything. But what it would was have been just a... terrible writing? Yeah, what would have been a, a great line is, "You should have seen me with a frying pan or a wok." Yes, anything like that. Yeah, that would have been cool. But because the I thing is, like... based on the based on the ratings, right? Not that many people watch this anyway. But if you were no. if you were, if you hadn't seen the previous episodes where we met Dan's parents and you got a flavour for the sort of people that they are, that line makes no sense to anyone if you've never seen that episode. Because I don't think it makes any sense anyway. What, is, what has his mother got to do with the fact he's just well, he's just kind of wipe out six? He's just trying to put across the fact that his mum was a bit of a hard-ass, and he's learned to be like this from his mum. So he's meant, yeah, you know. Right. Well, yeah. But the thing is, like, if you'd have... Yeah, it's just a bit of a useless line, like you're saying, because if you'd have seen the previous episode, which was really good, that episode where we saw Dan's parents and we got a, an insight into what they were like and stuff in a bit of a connection, then you can kind of join the dots a little bit. But for newcomers, people that have not seen the series, it's like, okay. I just I just don't think it's a good yeah. line anyway. Because so, what they're trying to do is just sort of make light of the fact he's just murdered those sea devils, really. Um then, like That's you it. said, there are yeah. so many things, better lines you could have put. Even that one you just said about the wok is better than that. You yeah. know, oh, you should see me with a wok. You know, it just, it would be so much funnier. Um, I, I, what do you think has happened with the production of this, though? I mean, we've talked about the time and the editing, but do you think that there, because there has been rumours about two weeks ago before this episode aired, there started to be this rumour that um, they'd had to cut stuff because it had been deemed offensive to China which I, I totally dismissed. I thought, oh, I doubt it. Like, knowing how, like, PC Chibnall is, I thought, I can't imagine he's written anything that would offend anyone. You know what I mean? I just can't mm-hmm. see that. I Part of me is starting to think, well, maybe that rumour's true, because either they've had to cut a lot of stuff or they didn't film it, in which case, if they didn't film these scenes that are missing that we really do need added in to make the story flow then, you know, that really is a bad... Is that down to the director? You know, who who's there to make sure that the breakdown right? So we need a scene of the doctor coming down the ship. She does a somersault, grabs the sword, but, you know, it's, oh, but there is no scene of her grabbing the sword. Oh, don't worry, she's got it in her hand. You know, who's responsible for making sure that those scenes flow? Because there were so many scenes that didn't. There were so many bits where... The doctor's on the floor. No, she's, hang on, she stood up. Wait a minute. And the sea devil was behind her just then, and now it's right across the other side of the ship. Hang on, what's going on? There were so many bits like that, and I just mm. I just wonder if, A, if it had to be cut because the running time seemed strange. B, were those rumours true about having to edit out scenes? C, 
is it down to the bad direction that they, they weren't shot in the first place? But whatever it comes down to, I have to agree with you. If I was Chris Chibnall and I sat and watched the finished article, I would really be unhappy. I'd say I can't, I, I genuinely don't think I could put it out. Um, you know, not to compare myself to Chibnall, but even with my YouTube channel, I'm so finicky about my videos, believe it or not. I, just if I was oh, in Chibnall's shoes he and is. I watched this, <laughs> I am, honestly. I'm ridiculous. I'll trim frames that nobody would notice. I'll be like, oh, no, I think I'll cut three seconds off that. I just, I couldn't put this out if I was Chibnall in, in its form that it went out. And I, I would just say, well, it, it's just not good enough. You know, for a prime yeah. time show, it is not good enough. Yeah, that's what I said earlier, mate. For, for a, a show like Doctor Who, which is on the surface at least... Uh, is supposedly meant to be one of the BBC's best. Gets this kind of treatment. I think it's um, I think it's the pandemic, but I also think it's a rush job. It just feels like um, you, we just haven't got enough time to to put the polish on it, to tighten up the mm. editing and sort the effects. I mean, that's okay. I don't want to talk any more about Dan or Yaz because oh, right. you know Yaz is just yeah the love interest thing with the Doctor just a complete. It was like somebody just put a tiny hole in a balloon and then just watched it fizzle out. (laughs) You know, that just goes on and you're like, right, that's the end of that. Right, lovely. And then Dan may as well not have been there, mate. He may as well have just, they might as well have just written him out and at the beginning just said something like, Dan would have loved this adventure. He's mentioned before that he loves pirates. It's a shame that he's not <laughs> actually, here, isn't it? You know, and then uh, <laughs> something like that. Actually, before you before you leave Dan behind, then before you leave him <laughs> behind, um, there was you talk about the possibility of him going on to be in Russell's era, which I, I don't think is going to happen. Um, I think they're already setting up his exit. Because he did have a little phone call with Diane at the end, didn't he? Oh, which came out God. of nowhere. Yeah. And his little phone call with Diane. <laughs> and I thought, oh, they're already trying. They're already uh, setting up his his leaving scene. He's he's going to go off with Diane. He's going to turn to the Doctor in the next one and say, "I've had enough, Doc. I've decided to stay on Earth and live an ordinary life." He's going to yeah. do a Graham and Ryan, isn't he? I think. And then he'll probably get shot on the way out or something. But <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're they're definitely setting up his exit. I feel by bringing Diane back. He wasn't even credited, uh, that actress, by the way. So, you know, poor old Malcolm Holt gets his name spelt wrong, but poor old Diane, she doesn't even get a credit, that, that actress. Yeah, um, yeah, true. But that was weird in itself, wasn't it? It's like uh, in the previous story where those two had a conversation, she essentially said, um, uh, by the way, listener, if you can hear dogs barking in the background, uh, the... 90,000 dogs that are in my street have all come out at the same time, it seems. So sorry <laughs> to hear that. Um, but yeah, the last time that Dan and, and Di had a conversation, she basically said, like, you missed your window, mate. It's done. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, she didn't want to know, did she? Yeah. Poor old Dan. Yeah. So see you later. And he's cut up. Now, it's like, oh, I actually do really like you and do want to see you and do miss you and all that stuff. So yeah, you're right. They're setting it up for, in the next episode, it's probably going to be like, right, are we ready to go? And he's like, nah, I'm going to sit this one out because I've got a date with Di. Hmm. And then he just doesn't come back. <laughs> a date with Di, yeah. yeah. So Yaz doesn't really get a lot to do. It, it, to be honest with you, mate, Yaz is just treated like one of the old classic companions where the Doctor does everything. And Yaz, uh, the companion's only purpose is to provide a little bit of exposition to the viewer. So she, throughout the whole episode, she's like, what's the plan, Doctor? 
Right, yeah. excellent. Now the Doctor can give us two minutes of exposition and tell us the plan in great detail, which is extremely annoying, which we've already said, but they still do it. Even though everyone says it's annoying, they still do it. And then the da- and then as the Doctor is actually doing things on the technology that the Sea Devils have built in the big floaty pirate ship, Yaz follows the Doctor around. She's like, what are you doing now? I'm glad you asked, Yaz. The viewers are probably asking the same question. Let me tell you. And then she tells you what she's doing. So the, the, the Yaz just follows the Doctor around and it's just a oh mate it's just freaking amateur hour at the bbc it's really annoying me just talking about it mate so yaz yaz is she's done useless in this episode um dan he's done useless in the episode right before we get on to the doctor and some other characters just quickly why do you think the visual effects then went from absolutely beautiful so there were some really wide shots where the pirate ships anchored out in you know the this big cove and, and the bay and stuff, it looked really, really cool. And then there was a uh, another uh, thing where the, uh, where the TARDIS is under the water in, you know, at the bottom of the ocean and some of that yeah. looks quite lovely and all that sort of thing. And then we go to things like um, the sea devil jumping from the shore <laughs> a thousand feet up and over into the air onto the pirate ship. <laughs> and let me tell you, listener, oh. uh, there's this thing that you can do in something like Adobe After Effects or something like that, where you take one element and then you just scale it down as you move it across the screen. And it gives you the illusion that it's sort of going off into the distance. Somebody there has just literally done that. Like the sea devil's pose doesn't change. They just move him from one side of the screen to the other in this kind of weird superhero-esque kind of leap. And it, it, oh mate. And then, so some of the visual effects look absolutely shocking and then what's worse right this is where the money was spent as well right dude so the sets so mandip gill especially she has said that this is the biggest set she's ever worked on and they piled loads of money into making a full-size pirate ship oh right full-size pirate ship no no no. full-size pirate ship what so matt strevens the exec producer has said that it's probably the biggest set that they've ever made for Doctor Who. Mandy Giller said it's the biggest set that she's ever worked on, you know, in Doctor Who. And we see a third of the deck. Yeah, I was going to say, I assumed it was just the deck they built. Yeah, at any one time, you just see like a third or maybe half of the deck as they're having their little swashbuckly moment or they're right. just knocking around. The rest of the time, when it's not like that, and they're just, it's just Dan and, um, uh, the young lad, uh, Yinky and Madam Ching, they're just on the deck and it's sort of sunset. That looks really bad as well. Mm. So that just looks like they've put a light there and they put a light there. And I don't know if it's green screen or something, or they've just put like a light blue drape around it. Um, it just, it, you can, you can take over, mate. It does. It does bring me back to like uh, I don't know who's to blame for this. You know, is that the director though? Is the should the director have got those shots of the boat and the set and everything? Because yeah, looking at it, I just assume they'd built like the back end of the boat or whatever, and that was it. Because there's a lot of close ups, and you know, you only really see that part of the boat. Uh, so I don't know. But you're right. I mean, I was gonna I was gonna try and throw in a positive because <laughs> um, I don't think you've got any. Um, I, have, I have some of the um oh, yeah. Yeah. all right yeah some of the visual effects do look really really good some of them are beautiful 
Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, one of my positives I had was the shot of the TARDIS underwater. I thought that was a lovely shot, and that, that looked CGI-wise with the fish going around the light. Liked that. So that was very nice and, you know, and all that stuff. Um, what other positives have you got? Other positives I I'm have. I'm looking at my list. That I uh, haven't got as many as I thought. <laughs> um, other, uh, other positives, other than the next time trailer, would be some of the visual effects. Uh, some of them look beautiful. It's just a shame that we went from... Like in some episodes, you go from like, okay, that didn't look amazing, but, you know, not too bad, to like really good. It like, Especially in the modern era of Who, since, especially since Jodie's era, where they've, you can tell that they've put a bit more money into the production and mm. things like that. So how do you go from that? Well, we know why, but it goes from amazing, like beautiful effects to like some kid for their high school project has done it. You know, it's lit. Some of them are literally that bad, and also just some of the sets as they were, as they were lit. Like, like I said, the scenes where it's during the daytime and they're on the ship. The the ship is completely static. Mm. And anyone that's ever stepped foot on a on any kind of boat on the ocean, even if it's calm water, it it sort of rocks a little bit gently from side to side. This was like they were on land. It was like the ship was just beached. Like, the ship doesn't move at all, and somebody's brought in, like, a bloody USB handheld fan to try and invoke, like, oh, there's a breeze coming past here. Like, her hair's moved a little bit. Like, I hadn't really, I, come I, I hadn't on, really noticed that at all, actually. You're, you're quite right, actually. I hadn't noticed that about it. That reminds me of God going back years when... Yeah. Um, when I was talking about the Mummy on Express and I was saying about how all the scenes on the train were static and you were like, <laughs> what are you on about, dude? <laughs> um, but I kind of feel like that's the same thing with this boat, actually. Yeah, I hadn't... There is no motion to it. You don't feel like they're on the high seas of the, yeah. you know... No, nothing you know, at the all. Waves. Right? Nothing at and all. And also, Madame Ching, apparently, with no crew, has managed to somehow navigate that boat all by herself, which is quite a feat, you know. I mean, we're told she's an amazing character. That is uh, quite something, really, isn't it, to be able to do that with no crew. Yeah. Um, talking yeah. to Madame Ching, mate, so there's been quite a big deal made about bringing in this historical character. I know absolutely nothing about her. I assumed this uh, episode was going to enlighten me and inform me about this incredible woman that apparently, actually, if you look into her backstory, um, actually just murdered a lot of people but she's known as like the greatest pirate female pirate ever um i didn't get any you know we didn't get any of the usual you know like rosa it actually informed me a little bit about who they were i thought okay i've learned something i've you know i didn't really know much about rosa parks before i, I, I okay I, I get a better understanding i don't feel i learned anything about madam ching um i can only go by what people have been saying online that really she wasn't a particularly good historical figure to look up to but so it's a strange choice to even bring her into it but on the other hand she you know it's it's interesting to find out about someone i've never really heard of but yeah the character didn't she didn't the actress didn't feel like this really ruthless uh pirate that did all this stuff that you know made her into this well-known historical figure i say well-known i'd never heard of her but you know a lot of people have um but yeah again i didn't get that didn't get that character at all and i felt like I don't even know why she was in it, really, to be honest. It seemed pretty pointless to even have her in it. You know? yeah, like, like I said, because... like with Rosa, they brought her in and they in integrated her into the story and you can totally sort of get the character by the end of it. Mm. But I didn't really feel I knew anything about Madame Ching by the end of this at all. Yeah, it's just namesake, mate. That's all it is. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, because the... 
well, they literally had no time to explore any of that. In 47 minutes, you can't do all of this and then throw in the historical stuff. It just, there's no time. Would would this episode have been in any way more enjoyable for you? Because you were saying earlier, it would have been better as a two-parter. If they'd have sort of fleshed it out and and made it a two-parter, like you said, would, would it have been more enjoyable for you, though? Do you think there was enough there to actually, you know, was there enough meat on the bones to make a good story out of it, do you feel? Well, the story as it went out, no. But yeah. if they had it as a two-parter and completely redone the whole Sea Devils part of it, so there was more of a build-up there, where the Sea Devils are back, yes, but the Doctor doesn't uncover the plan within five minutes. If there was more of a build-up and it came to the cliffhanger of part one, that that's what their plan was, and then part two is actually stopping that plan, then that would have been better. And then over the two parts, you've got more time to do flashbacks to Madame Ching's past, and we find out why she's such a badass pirate, and why her sons were kidnapped, and who exactly is holding them for ransom, and where exactly is the treasure, and did she go and do that stuff, you know? So that that, that yeah. pricked my interest, the bit about a kid. So I was going to say there was finally a little, my ears pricked up. Oh, well, oh, well kids have been had ransom. And that was it, wasn't it? Literally just that one line and gone, never mentioned again. But yeah. that, that again, yeah. yeah, that could have been explored. Um, but what, at what point did this episode lose you? Because I'm picturing you, you like me, <laughs> you're sitting down. It's about to go out live. Like, here we go. Sea Devil's been waiting months for this. Let's, let's hope it's good. We both wanted it to be good. We said it last week on the podcast. At what point were you sat there thinking, what the blimmin' heck is going on? Or at what point did you start thinking, oh dear? Because I, I must admit, as yeah. I said to you earlier, on the first watch, you know, it, it pretty much carried me through. I, was, I didn't get to the end of it and feel like some episodes of Jodie's Era where I was angry. Whereas I can sense that you did. You were f- so frustrated by the time you finished watching this. I didn't get that feeling, which is a, quite a relief for me, to be honest. I, I just thought it was badly produced, but I quite happily sat through it and i didn't feel the usual real anger that i sometimes do at the end of a jody episode but what point did you start to lose it you think with this this story uh well the first part probably the sea de- flying sea devil I was well the first yeah well that that made me say out loud like what the beep yeah you know out loud <laughs> but that didn't really make me want to turn it off or anything like that but uh so the first bit that made me think oh god is when they go to the sea devil's floaty ship the floaty pirate ship and they go under the deck and they see all the technology and stuff Mm. and um they find the guy uh is it he uh jihun jihun uh jihun who's been kept alive in sort of suspended animation basically and um he's like talking to them while he's like that sort of thing yeah Uh, yeah Instead of showing us this, right, instead of having like a badass showdown between Jihun and and uh, and Marcissus, the sea devil. Yeah. Uh, in typical Chibber's fashion, he just gives us all the information while he's there. In t- and I'm thinking, I'm thinking at the time, like, wh- why are you telling us? Because essentially when scenes like that happen, when Chibber's does the exposition thing. Yeah. In really, he's not. Jihun's not really telling the doctor what's happening here. He's telling the viewer. So instead of just having like a a more sort of integrated dialogue, and we come back to this all the time, which is why I think a lot of people just can't wait for this 
freaking things will just be done and Russell come back because mm. we've said so many times that one of Russell's qualities in his writing is the interaction and the character interaction and dialogue between some really good characters. Even with Chibbers, he does the opposite. Instead of us being like a fly on the wall and experiencing and, you know, the, the dialogue and the experience and the character progression between them, it's almost like Chibbers wants the characters to turn to the camera and say, hi, I'm Jihun. I'm one of the actors here in Doctor Who. Get a cup of tea. Get comfy. I'm about to tell you exactly what's about to happen. It's that kind of thing that just does my head in. And I think yeah, does a lot that- of people's head in. I think So when he started to do that to the Doctor, and that was around the same time when she starts fiddling with all the controls and she's, um, you know, and all that sort of thing. And also in that point as well, that's when Marcissus is just letting her wander around the ship. Yeah. So yeah. he's been trying to kill her up to that point. But now at this point, he's like, hmm, yes, I'll listen to the doctor. Again, yeah, hi, viewer. Little words, wink. I'll give you a little bit of a... <laughs> yeah, he sort of turns to the yeah. camera, little wink, like, hi, viewer. You don't want to miss this bit. Some more exposition coming up, so mm. pay attention. You know, there's no... So that's the point. So about halfway through when that sort of thing started to happen, I was like, I'm just done. Mm. I'm just done with the rest of it. So I sat through the rest of it, obviously, to see if it picked up, but to no avail. Actually, I've got it. Yeah, uh, um, I know I said say some positives, but I haven't really got many. But I've got to say uh, this is another, another negative. But I've got to say this while I remember because it really annoys me. Actually, you talking about Jihan has, has just uh, reminded me that um, once again. Uh, uh, sorry, but this really did get boil my bacon, uh, burn the bacon. Burn the bacon. <laughs> when Jihan stepped in and sacrificed himself, and once again, the Doctor let somebody else lose their life in her place. I mean, they did that in The Timeless Child, and it was bad. And you would have thought Chibbers would have... I mean, if again, you just thought he would have stepped back and said, you know what, on reflection, yeah, that probably wasn't the best bit of writing. I probably won't do that again. And he does he, exactly the same thing, where he lets somebody step in and say to the Doctor, go on, you're more important than I am. I'll die in your place. And I just thought that was so frustrating. I was just like, I can't believe they've done that again. It yeah. just really annoyed me. It just makes the... Because I'm not the biggest fan of Jodie's Doctor anyway, but the fact she just keeps letting people, you know, she's her morals are just so um, disjointed, aren't they? She mm-hmm. she'll preach one thing and then do exactly that thing herself. I can't. It really annoyed me that I have to say. So I just needed to get off my chest while no, we're talking about did. that particular character because um, I thought that was shocking. Yeah, and Arthur Lee, who plays Jihan, I think he's a. Uh, it looked like to me he was a decent actor, but the way he delivered mm-hmm. the lines as well was. Oh, I think, so yeah, wooden, yeah. Because of the time, I think they probably had some decent stuff written for him, but they just chop, chop, chop until it's like the bare minimum. So when it comes yeah. to delivering his lines about when he's when he's in stasis and he's revealing, <laughs> you know, he's telling us everything, um, and then later on after he kills the sea devil, Mar- Marcissus, and then he sacrificed himself, the lines are just little, little bits. There's like no substance to them. They're just, no. you know... The doctor freaks out, like, why did you do that? Essentially, when he kills Marcissus, and he's just like, well, I did it because of that. Moving on. And then we get yeah. to the next scene, and it's like, oh, we need to sort this out. Well, okay, cool. I'll do this. Moving on. You know, it's like a sort of very short, he has no substance. He's delivering the information that we need narratively, but I don't know. Anyway, so, Jihan, not too bad, but 
Yeah. Did did that scene irk you though, or is it just it did, me? Mate. Did you yeah. did you sit there and of think course, the same yeah. thing? Like they've yeah. done that again. I can't believe they've like you said, just reusing the idea as well. How can we get how can we get out of the situation? I know we'll get somebody to step in and say, I you're worth ten of me, you save yourself and I'll just die. I just thought, Oh, not again. Yeah, not good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, and uh um yeah, and then the Oh, any any positives on that list? Like one, see, Gary's more, looking down his digital list. I've got it all <laughs> written on the notepad. One more negative, dude. And I've seen a Go few people then. pick up on this. Um, yeah. The first time I heard it really was um, was uh, Rob um, and his mate on the Doctor Who Show podcast. Uh, and some other people have said it in that the Sea Devil's plan to flood the Earth, surely that's not great for their land-based cousins, right? Um the Silurians, because Silurians. those guys haven't done anything wrong, you know, and they're pretty much the the same species, you know, all that sort of thing. So mm. the Silurians are like, whoa, 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 whoa. We, haven't, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done anything wrong. What's going on? You're going to flood everything and kill everybody, apart from you guys. What's that? that doesn't really ring true either, does it? Because uh, what was the, um, was it Warriors of the Deep where we had the Silurians and, the, the deep, yeah. and those two, those guys? I mean, the Sea Devils they were relegated up, yeah. to uh, sort of you know subservient beings for, for some of it but. maybe that's it maybe they're cro- oh, mind you that was set in the future wasn't it so yeah i don't know see yeah. this was set yeah these that's what i was trying to get my head around the timeline as well this is set in 18 well i don't know this is set before so these are sort of early sea devils which again is strange because they seem to have better technology than the sea devils we see in the classic era that that are set in the future so oh, I, I appreciate that's you know a timey-wimey budget thing but it's strange to see them with better technology, like the swords thing. I, I don't really, I don't know. I didn't really like that particularly. I like, I like, I like the idea that the sort of sword has a poison in it, which I totally sort of missed on a first watch. I'll be honest, I didn't really get that, but that's sort of an interesting idea. But yeah, yeah I prefer weird. the Sea Devils to have one of their little flashy guns. To be honest with you, oh, the little <laughs> disc-based. Uh, yeah, the little disc. I like yeah. them. Yeah, it's something classic about them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in a way, that was kind of cool because it made them a little bit more sort of modern day sort of action uh, sort of you know if they were wandering around with those little plastic looking you know disc ray guns oh things, i know, you know probably, I mean? yeah i mean it's more interesting that's it, it cool. looks good in like you know like the promo shots the sea devil with the sword i can see why they, they did it it's sort of like the samurai sort of sea devil it's, it's, it does sort of work in that sense but yeah yeah um they were killed off way too easily though weren't they mate? Oh, i mate, mean i, I yeah. couldn't even on the second watch it just they're just done away with within literally 30 seconds and the, and then the rest of the story is um the scene at the end with the doctor and yes which yeah in some ways it was sort of the nicest scene i think i mean again i'm not the biggest thing of this thasmin thing but at least the episode just stopped and breathed for a minute and there was sort of um, um yeah a conversation there but yeah. well, that's what I, that's what i mean at the very beginning that was the biggest thing for me mate was the mm. wasted opportunity with those guys because not only were they, not only was their plan just, you know, a bit like a lot of the people working on the show, just amateur hour, but it was also, they just didn't really put up any much of a fight. I mean, Dan just cuts them all down at one point. That yeah. then leaves the head honcho and he just gets stabbed by, uh, by Jihun and that's it. And I think that's that's the biggest disappointment for me is that because we were so excited for the Sea Devils, and we thought they looked good. I think that you know the, the sort of costume. I think it looked decent. Um, 
but they yeah we would i think everybody hoped that they would be served well and they they weren't and i think for me that's sort of uh, the biggest letdown for me as i said i could put this on and i could watch it and i it would just be a bit of Doctor Who fluff. I, you know, it's going to go up there as an episode that if it was on the TV, I'd probably leave it on. But I certainly wouldn't pick it out to watch again for yeah. any reason. Um, but but that's the, the biggest disappointment is the Sea Devils themselves. Well, they looked good and they had potential, but they did nothing. Their plan was rubbish, and they got killed within literally thirty seconds. The the main guy gets stabbed. Dan wipes them out. The rest of them out with a sword, and they're done. Oh, I just done. couldn't believe yeah. that. I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job within the first few minutes of making them out to be this new badass version of the yeah. of the Sea Devils. And you thought, right, these guys mean business. Like, this is not just a, we're going to take six and a half minutes to fumble out of the sea, like in the classic years, and we're going <laughs> to just, you know, we're in awe at these very cool things that live in the sea, and now they're on the land, and they're really menacing. It's like, no, literally within a minute or two, this guy just means business you think right they're going to give the doctor a lot of trouble this is going to be it and then like you said yeah it's he gets stabbed the rest get cut down comically tragically in a way and then that's it and it's just down to the doctor uh the doctor to uh again recycling a storyline that we've seen hundreds of times where the clock's counting down and the doctor has to defuse the bomb sort of thing it's like James, it literally is like a Bond film. It's like all of the most basic of basic Bond villain and Bond storyline stuff with a little bit of recycling from previous scenes from other episodes just shoved into a pot, you know, and just see what happens. So we I all knew the Doctor like, was going to save the day. Of course. You know, it was just, it but was a given. I didn't feel like the sort of, um, the return of the Sea Devils made out to be such you know a big thing that you know what I mean we've been we've been dying to see these guys back and when he started cracking out of the statue I thought oh what's going on this is cool but then the, there was no sort of big you know sort of reveal you know like I know like you said about them coming out of the sea and it takes forever but it sort of it still has an impact whereas this guy just jumps on the boat and they're already there waiting for him and it didn't feel like a big comeback that I feel like it should have and some people might like that they might like prefer the understated but I don't know. I was hoping to sort of see a, a sort of OMG, like, oh my God, here they all are, sort of thing. Whereas it's just, they were just sort of flapping about on a boat. We're back. I don't know. It felt a little bit of a a damp squid, <laughs> for want of a better phrase. Yeah. No, totally, mate. <laughs> oh dear. Right. So let's talk about just Jodie very quickly before we get Go on, on to then. probably the biggest positive, which was not even in the episode. So we'll talk about the trailer right. oh, in a yeah, second. But. Yeah. So, Jodie, mate, any improvement for you on. On any, no, not really. No, I, no. I have to say, I, I, I felt like, yeah, she just... I think it was with Jodie, I get the feeling she really loves playing the Doctor, but I don't feel it comes across on screen. I, I just... Because I, if I was... If I didn't know how much she liked playing the Doctor and I was watching this, I would say it was the epitome of phoning in a performance. She seems to just be on autopilot, the way she delivers the lines. Uh, I mean, I did groan when she came out of the TARDIS. The first scene with her... As she comes out of the TARDIS, she's waving that blurring Sonic around, and I'm like, that Sonic has got to go. And she does it throughout the whole episode. That blimmin' Sonic, mate, drives me nuts. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was bad in the Moffat era. You know, Matt Smith, my favourite new series Doctor, he, I know he used the Sonic way too much, but my God, it's got ridiculous in this series. She, she steps out of the TARDIS, waves it around, looking at it. What is she doing? Um, yeah, it... 
it just feels like I thought there'd be more foreboding. You know, I thought this being her penultimate episode, there'd be a bit, there'd be moments where it's coming for you, or this is the end, or I could feel I'm near the end, or something. Give her something to get her, you know, to get to grips with. Give her some meat on the bones because all they do is give her drivel dialogue, which she rattles off at high speed. She constantly does this out of breath acting, which just drives me crackers. You know, oh, we got a oh no, wow, what's the? And it's just like oh god, I just I honestly, I'm just sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to go down that. Road. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah, no improvement at all. It's just exactly everything we see time in time out from Jodie. Nothing, no standout moment for me at all. Really, you know, uh, maybe if I was clutching at straws, I'd say the end scene where she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it would last forever or so. It'll go on forever. And I was thinking, we really don't. But but it yeah. was, you know, at least there was a sort of emotion in her voice. And um, yeah, they just, they just, whenever she comes up against an adversary as well, is that the word? You know, baddie, yeah. adversary. Yeah. Adversary. Yeah. Adversary. All, uh, adversary? And this is, this is, this is the writing, not JD, but all they ever do is make her talk rubbish to them. There's ne- you never feel any sense of, oh my God, the doctor's up against, mm. so, you know, there's no sort of, they try and make her quirky. There's no sort of danger or threat. You don't feel like, uh oh, you know, like the great scene between the fourth doctor and Davros where they sit and actually talk through stuff and you feel like there's a threat there. Like Davros is saying, you know, tell me more. Or I'm going to, you know, kill you sort of thing. There's, you never get any of that with Jodie's doctor. She just rambles around talking rubbish and the monster or villain she's talking to just gets annoyed with her saying, Oh, you're trying to waste time. And yeah, it, she's just so poorly written and, I didn't see any improvement. I'll stop there. I've gone on a bit of a rant. Sorry. That's cool, dude. But yep. No, I, I I'm not saying she was mate. bad at it. I'm just saying she's exactly yeah. what yeah. she's been since episode one. And there's just no, there's just no development or, or improvement for me. I don't see. No, I read you, mate. Yeah. She's not, yeah. She's not a bad actress at all. We said that's loads of times. She's, yeah. she's cool. And she has moments as the doctor when she's, when she's kind of cool, you know, and I just can't get my head around like some of the people on Twitter and stuff where, you'll have people that will go to bat for Jodie about absolutely everything. And it gets to a point where you're like, right, come on now. You have to admit that there are episodes that are weaker than others where Jodie's performance is a bit like, and they're like, no, 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 she's like the most amazing thing, you know. So you're like, whatever. And then in episodes like this where you cannot, I suppose you you can't argue with someone's opinion, obviously that's, you know, but you can't argue with so many like so many people who have not watched it because the ratings were so poor mm. coupled with so many people that didn't like it and didn't like her performance like all the exposition still there all the like, gawping as well the yeah, face pulling oh and the sonic reading everything and, and all that stuff when you have so many people like an influx of that feedback from the fan base for years but yet we're right up to the end of the era and they're still doing it, even though they. <sighs> right, Jody was okay, just not much of improvement. Let's leave it there. Yeah, so leave leave I, there. I'm going to just quickly grab the come the on. ratings thing, though, mate. Because come on, we could, we we've got to mention it. The the overnights for this were absolutely shocking. Two point two million, wasn't it, or something? Two million, two just, point, over two just over two. Million. Million. So that's yeah. the overnight. That's the overnight. That's not even. That's not even. 
the live viewing figure, which would be even lower. So that's how many people watched it by the end of the night, right? So the actual people tuning in is probably one and a half million, maybe creeping up towards two million, uh, which is the lowest rated Dot 2 episode ever, even including the classic era when it was cancelled. It was beaten, it was <laughs> by an episode, a repeat episode of the Antiques Roadshow. So more people watched the Antiques Roadshow, which was a repeat, than an a Easter special of Doctor Who. And that, whatever way you dress it up, is bad. Yeah. And it's the thing. So the lowest rated story was Battlefield back in 1989, McCoy's story. That held the unfortunate title of the lowest viewing figures. This is now below that one. So that's what I mean. You Let's leave it there, mate. The, the ratings were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. We'll see what the consolidated figures are like. Maybe mm-hmm. it's picked up a bit, you know, after that. But It will pick up a bit, obviously. Yeah. But oh. yeah, but it's not good. <sighs> Have we got any positives we could end it on? <laughs> I don't. Oh, we've got any listeners left. I'm sorry, listener. We are but, sorry, listener. Um, I mean, there will, you know, yeah. There will be people out there agreeing with us, but I'm sure there were people out there that enjoyed it as well. Um, sure, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on. Let's finish off with the trailer that we got at the end. Let's talk about the trailer. Yeah. Because the trailer was pretty sweet, right? So the next time trailer. It's great. Uh, it's um, clearly focused around the regeneration of Jodie's Doctor. Yeah. Um, whether that's a red herring or not, I'm not sure. Oh, definitely. She's opened that watch, I reckon. Well, because we had this before, didn't we, with the Tenant era where we thought that he was regenerating and then when we actually watched the episode, he just shoved all the regen energy into his yeah. decapitated hand and She's then got around that. So, I don't know, it seems to have focused around that. But, um, you know, we've got some old faces back, dude, which is really nice. So you and I have said for for years how amazing it would be to get Ace back in the story, mm. so which is finally happening. So Sophie Aldridge, she's back as ace those trailers that they filmed for the blu-ray box sets were not wasted at all because no. the way that they made her look in that and the little you know the setup story seems to have carried over which is nice and uh and tegan's back as well the mouth on legs yeah mouth on legs i i have to say i was properly open-mouthed when i saw tegan yeah because uh, i kind of ace oh i've been dying for ace to come back um but it didn't feel a like a surprise i kind of felt like oh okay cool they've they've finally done it but when tegan popped up i was like whoa really so i'm just so excited to see them to see them both back i'm wondering how on earth it's going to fit into (laughs) the story because there is so much i mean it's you can tell just from the trailer they've thrown everything in the kitchen sink in haven't they you've got dalek cyberman you've got ashad is that what he's called? Like a funny old Cyberman that's all mm-hmm. battered. I think so. uh, you've got the Masters back. You've got Tegan and Ace. Um, oh, there was loads going on. Wasn't there? I mean, they, they've thrown everything in. You've got the red space, orange space suit. Sorry, colorblind. Orange space suit is back. Um, what else is back? <laughs> everything. Well, they've, they've crammed a load into the Daleks are back as well. The, the yeah. Cybermen are in it. And uh, we heard the Master talking about not so much the Doctor regenerating, but apparently like the death of you know this is the end of the doctor's life that he's talking about so again whether that's a ruse and that's part of his little plan or something i'm not sure but um yeah it's uh it's a cracking trailer mate and i I think because there's going to be more people 
um, in the story. In a way, that's a really cool thing. But, mate, if it's another 45-minute job and they've got all uh, of this stuff going on, then and if Chibbers has written it, which I think he has... He has, yeah. Then my my expectations are basically on the floor at this point. So anything that's half decent is going to be a triumph in my opinion. But so that sounds like a negative, but it's not. So I'm just hoping that, you know, Jeanette Fielding, uh, Jeanette, Janet, Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldridge coming back. I think those two are going to be an amazing team up. So I hope they have a decent amount of screen time. I'm hoping the master gets decent screen time. Unfortunately, I don't really care if Dan or Yaz get screen time. I'm not really sure, but we'll see. But it looks like a really, really good episode to wrap everything up. I'm hoping it's an hour. So, Oh, I'm hoping at least an hour. I mean, we don't know yet. People are rumouring it's a 90-minute special. I think that's the that's the biggest rumour, but it is just rumour. Um, there's a hell of a lot to wrap up in one episode. You know, this is, this is Chibber's, you know, big finale. He's got to go out on a bang. You know, whatever way you look at it, this is his big hurrah. I don't think he'll come back. I think... In going by interviews that he said, this has been quite. I don't know if it's turned out how he wanted. You know, I think he's quite glad to be leaving Dots Who. He's done what he wanted to do, I think, um, and I think he's glad to be leaving. From what he was saying in the in the interview the other day, but um, yeah, he's got so much to tie up, and it looks like there's a lot going on. It has to be an hour minimum, and I really hope it's good because I've I've got that same thing that we had last week with the Sea Devils that we really hoped that they would be served well in the story. So my excitement at seeing Tegan and Ace back mm. has this cloud hanging over it. Of, <laughs> I've been, I'm really excited to back. I've been wanting them to see them back on screen f- for a long time. I think I would have preferred it if this was happening in the RTD era, because I just worry how well they're going to be written and what they're going to be doing. I mean, we saw them firing machine guns, didn't we? And, Oh, yeah. It didn't. It didn't look like a very Tegan. Maybe an Ace. I could see Ace doing that. I don't know. It looked. Uh, I, I, I anyway. I'm not gonna. You know. I'm not gonna judge it before I've seen it. Um. I just hope that they're served well in the story and that they don't get lost in everything else that needs tying up. Um. To do with the Jody era. I. I, yeah, I don't get I the agree. feeling that stuff is going to be tied up. I think there's going to be strands left, and I don't know. But we'll see. I. I am excited by the trailer. Just. <laughs> Just really hope it's good. Yeah, same. That's all dude. I can say. I just even half decent. I don't know. I've just got no faith. In That's what I mean. Yeah. All. If it's I half really decent, don't. yeah. If it's half decent, yeah. it will be a a good thing. So let's just fingers crossed for that, shall we? Yes. Uh, scores on the doors. It's you to go first, buddy. What are you oh, saying? Oh, I find this hard to score because I'm not. Yeah, I know you're not. It's just the reason is though, mate. It it was a disaster in so many <laughs> aspects. But as I said to you earlier, I didn't hate it. I didn't. I didn't get to the end and think, you know, like some of her episodes, I could just never watch them again. I can't. I just can't. Like Orphan Fifty Five, I just cannot watch that episode. It's unwatchable. Whereas I felt this was, and I'll use the phrase again, a bit of fluff, filler just very badly produced but i didn't hate it um i think i'll give it a six out of ten which is probably being a bit generous but i didn't hate it i just thought it was badly produced a six wow okay uh yeah that's, I think that's not six. bad for me um yeah wow that's high 
for I know, I know. I don't okay. know if I'm going too high, but mm, no worries, that's dude. what I wrote down. So all good. Uh, I'm going to give this a two. <gasps> oh I'm give it a two. I'm give it one a point. Two. I'm gonna give it one point because I thought that some of the visual effects were were absolutely stunning and it looked really good. And mm. I'm gonna give it a second point for only having to sit through 45 minutes, which is a blessing because if it was an hour, then that would have been so. Yeah, I I, I can't go any higher, mate. I literally it's what was that Capaldi episode that we reviewed something sleep no more sleep no more I've got that kind of vibe about it where it's just complete just rubbish mate just mm. yeah and I think I'm sounding like a, a typical parent here I'm not miffed about it I'm not angry about it I'm just disappointed because it, it could have been one of the best episodes from Jodie's era. If they have handled the Sea Devils better, if the production was tidied up and polished, if the narrative was better, if the writing was better, it could have been an amazing story. It really could have been. But instead, we got this, which is... I'm sorry, but... To those of you that liked it, thumbs up, all good. But I'm sorry, that could have been way, way better. Yeah. Mm, I do feel like if it just had a bit of tweaking, it would have been half decent. Yeah, just felt like it was incomplete. It feels unfinished. It does, yeah. yeah. Right then, so a six from him and a, a two from me. Um, you guys went absolutely ballistic, not uh, in terms of your feelings, but the number of people that replied to our our uh, call for, for reviews and scores and stuff. So I'm going to rattle through these really quickly, but thank you so much to all of you that have commented. So over on Twitter first... Uh, Mark from the the now old Proctor Who uh, podcast. Oh, Mark, he, yeah, yeah he sent in a couple of them. So the first one he said was on first watch, pretty dreadful. Uh, too much going on, too much exposition. The best bits were the Doctor Yassines, and I never thought I'd say that about an episode. Sea Devils were wasted. Such a shame. Five out of ten. And I'm going to skip forward to the top of the list where he's put in his second uh, tweet that says very disappointing. Far too much exposition again. Real dodgy CGI, badly directed, poorly edited, terrible script, wooden acting, and its worst crime was wasting the premise of the Sea Devils. They were just a generic monster. A low point in Chibber's era, such a shame, and sticks with his uh, his 5 out of 10. Okay, cheers, Mark. Will Sanger said, uh, it doesn't really stand up... Uh, it doesn't really stand up to scrutiny, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't like the romance or exposition, but the Sea Devils had a were a strong threat. It had interesting historical characters, compelling intrigue running throughout. Fun action, good ideas, a 7 out of 10. Cool. Mm, okay. Uh, Chris the Claw 23 says, Started strange. It felt like parts had been cut. We'll have to give a second watch, but it was pretty disengaged throughout. However, I enjoyed some of the quips. Uh, I feel like the community are more interested in the next time trailer than the episode. Yeah. Uh, myself included, a three out of ten. Uh, Lucky D. Eileen says, It was my first time seeing the Sea Devils and I like them a lot. Being on a pirate ship, I could not think of Curse of the Black po- uh, the Curse of the Black Spot, but I enjoyed this one more. I particularly like the fight scene with the dock getting stuck in the action. A fun time, seven and a half. Okay. Nice. Jeff Tillin. Uh, really wanted to love it, but there was just far too much asking what's the plan? both to and by Jody. Awful edits between scenes, nice CGI, but a little uh, slash silly story and in need of a serious edit. Saddened, four out of ten. Chippy T says, never said this before about a special, but that was weak. Had all the elements of a cracker, but nothing pulled together. 
If rumours are true, this was spoiled by having it change from one hour uh, regen story to a 45-minute mishmash of the best ideas. Uh, six mm. and a half for what it could have been. Okay. Lewis Palmer, pretty rough. Felt so inconsequen- inconsequential with the usual awkward dialogue. Usually Chibber scripts are so breathless, I can ignore that and have fun with it, but this was impossible. Uh, it goes on to give it a four. Uh, Michael Lee says poor editing and pacing as for the effects the effects let's not say anything about that strangely insignificant for Jodie's penultimate episode mm. uh, the romantic element is so needless and drawn out thank god Chibbles is, Chibbles is nearly gone <laughs> Edward Gillooly says disappointing it was just all over the place did they think it was one hour long and then realised they only had 50 minutes did they just cut bits out leaving a confused mess Yeah. easily the best thing was the end trailer with Teague and Ace a 5 out of 10 Jacob Moore, really let down, ruins the return of the Sea Devils, awful pacing and confusing plot, a lot of bad acting, a 3 out of 10. Charlie B, bad acting, bad effects, weak plots, wasted villain, repeated story beats. I don't even like Tasmin, but it was easily the most interesting thing in the whole episode. Um, liked, uh, left a lot to be desired, a 3 out of 10. Jessica Awesome Jess says I loved it it was thrilling from start to finish and the sea devils were intimidating I enjoyed the weaving in of actual historical figures within the story Um, my screen's just refreshed halfway through which is not uh, I enjoyed the weaving and the actual historical figures Jodin companions were great happy they addressed 13 and Yaz finally 9 keystones out of 10 Mm. nice one Jessica old keystone yep um Doctor Who Holmes says that was sadly a very two-dimensional and boring story. The characters felt like cardboard cutouts and the production felt so cobbled together. And sadly, the Sea Devils didn't add anything, but I guess they looked good. Uh, Tasman stuff was shoehorned in, but handled well. Five out of ten. Sarah Louise, a running Whovian, says, So the next time trailer did end up being the better part of the special. (laughs) Uh, Poor storyline, unconvincing Doctor, unnecessary moments with Yaz and the Sea Devils were underutilised. What a waste opportunity. This felt more like a student project than a professional Mm. production. Three out of ten. Sarah's Mm. normally pretty positive. Yeah, I know. Three out of ten. Uh, and then the last few here. So uh, our friends over at the Doctor Who show, this is Rob, uh, deeply underwhelming, a basic storyline which hurt further by either missing scenes or not being fully fleshed out in the first place. 48 minutes seems a very short runtime for a special. Were there cuts that hurt the final product? No one's talking. Can't go past five out of ten for this one. Mm, Cheers, Rob. Okay. Uh, Ian uh, just says, uh, an unspecial special. Felt like there was 20 minutes cut out and then stuff left in that was pointless. Uh, sea Devils wasted, clunky dialogue. Would have been okay as a mid-season filler, but this would still would have been 4 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Jamie, Coaster Jamie, says, Absolute misses the point of the Sea Devils. Gone is the moral complexity, character work and plot. Instead, lots uh, portrays them. Uh, L-O-T-S-D. Instead, lots portrays them as generic pirate villains and offers no rhyme or reason for anything that's happening flat boring and hollow one out of ten <gasps> oh. uh, our good friend that we mentioned earlier reese over at gallifrey forever 97 says really had a lot of fun with this special really drawn in by the visuals at the start cgi was stunning the plot of the treasure becomes muddled and hard to follow but the pros outweigh the bad for me the centenary looks the centenary looks jam-packed hopefully not too many spinning plates mm-hmm. and lastly this is a follow-up tweet from Rob at the Doctor Who show. He says, also, 
No one tell the poor old Silurians that their cousins, the sea devils, plan on flooding their habitat in a bid to yes. get back at those pesky humans. <laughs> I'm sure the Silurians would have had something to say about that, but it seems the script didn't consider them to exist at all. No. Question mark. Uh, okay, so over on Facebook. Now, I'm not going to read the Facebook ones because all of them are really long. Yeah, I was reading them last night. They, yeah, because I mean, they're great, but they, yeah, yeah. they're too long to read. Yeah. yeah, so if you want to read these, dear Doctor Who listener, then just head over to our Facebook page. But Mark Hugel, Mark Hugel uh, gives it a four. Colin says um, it was not great, but just okay. Timothy Radmore gives it a seven. Uh, my good friend Nick Gill gives a really good review. Cheers, dude. Um, just said he wasn't really bothered, to be fair, but it did make him want to rewatch the 72 Sea Devils straight after. Well, that's good. Uh, Shane Rivett just says it was a good bit of Easter fun, but probably best not to read too much into the plot. Uh, Richard Hardman, um, uh, yeah, just says a bit of a rush job. Uh, John Williams um, uh, says it was a. Uh, wondering if he watched the same episode as everyone else because he really enjoyed it mixing the sea okay. devils with real history and so on uh, gordon hudson says i think we're all treading water until russell returns uh yeah. craig collier uh gives it a three out of ten uh bob clark gives it a six out of ten baz warrington says uh it wasn't too bad in context of chibbers who had its irritations but you know bit of a missed opportunity martin arnold gives it a nine out of ten really like that one wow uh clive lewis uh, sorry, no, he gives 8 out of 10 for the story, 9 out of 10 for the trailer. Clive Lewis gives it a 7 out of 10. Toby Coleman gives it a 6.5. Andrew Stewart a 7.5. Um, Cameron Artley gives it a 3. Uh, Barbara Lipari says it was awful. Uh, Andrew Jr. says it didn't feel like Doctor Who. Charlie Turner um, says it was a... Should have been a match made in heaven with the Doctor and the Sea Devils in the modern era, but it's not really impressed. And Tim Allman says... Uh, can't wait until RTD returns a four out of ten. Four. So, mate, not good scores across the board. There was a couple of people that liked it. That we had a nine even, and uh, we had a few sevens in there. But overall, dude, not good. And do you know what, mate? I'm grabbing my Sea Devils sword, and I'm I'm actually going to slash my score. A six is too high, isn't it? I, I'm just looking at my notes, and the production <laughs> was shockingly bad. And it's got a drop. It's got a dro- drop to five point five. You're going to say it has. I know it's only a point five, but it's it's not a six, is it? I, I'm just looking at my notes, and the the one that's really got me is the doctor saying to Yaz, "You're the greatest person I've ever known," and I just can't live with that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a five point five from me as a final score. Oh dear, oh dear. Okay, so let's put that to bed. Legend of the Sea Devils. Let's let's forget it. Let, let it sink to the bottom of the ocean. Let it sink there and permeate, <laughs> and think about what it's done. <laughs> while it's you know sent to its room so and next Dan, week think bud, about what you've done yeah. <laughs> next week bud we're back to we're sticking with modern who but it's a new uh a different doctor so um yeah what's next week bud so next week yeah matt smith episode um we're going to review time of the doctor so matt's last last story his last one um, yeah which is interesting because i've i've been wanting to revisit the story for ages i hated it at the time and i and i love matt matt's my favorite new series doctor um and i think i've rewatched it once since uh and i'm just really looking forward to revisiting this to see if it's better than i 
remember because I was absolutely trolled when I watched this on <laughs> Christmas Day and I just thought it was a mess. Um, but I was so wrecked that I, I rewatched <laughs> it. But um, yeah, it's never been one. It's it's that sort of story I want to like, but I haven't liked up to this point. But I'm really hoping on a rewatch uh, with sober eyes that I'll um, I'll enjoy it more because I love Matt and it was his last story. So. But yeah, be interesting. Mm-hmm. I've I've been wanting to revisit this for some time, actually. This story, yeah, same. In the hope that it's good, because yeah. I I just can't remember uh, enjoying it at the time. Yeah, haven't watched this one in a while. Be, uh, same as you, mate. Haven't seen it that many times, and haven't watched it in a long old while. So, mm. be good to revisit this one. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it actually. Alrighty. So on that note, then let's wrap up there for three hundred and forty-eight. Alrighty. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back and listening to another episode of the Big Blue Box Podcast. It's been awesome to have you here. Sorry we're a little bit negative, Ninny, this week and a bit ranty with things, but uh, any of the grizzled ancients, any of the long-time listeners will know that we don't sort of, you know, give you false reviews or tell you something that you want to hear or something like that. So I hope you appreciate our honesty with these reviews that we've always done since day one. We've always given our complete honest opinion on stuff. So apologies if it's a little bit negative, but that's not our fault. <laughs> that's not our fault. It was uh, <laughs> it was the episode. Thank you very much to all of you that commented and replied over on Twitter and Facebook. Very much appreciated uh, you guys doing that. As Adam said, next week we're over to the Matt Smith era for the time of the Doctor. So get that watched and we'll be asking for your thoughts and your scores on that as always. In the meantime, as I said, make sure you're following the podcast on your preferred podcast app. A new episode will land every Friday for you to check out. And you can also listen to free over on the website if you want to. It's bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. And you can also read the reviews and articles from our writing team over there. Those guys put awesome stuff out, so go and check that out. We're on the socials too. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Links on the website. And hop into the free Discord server to chat Who with other Who fans. Also, check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. But it's called, it is called The Geek's Handbag. Geeks handbag, yes. Lost yes. two vids on there. Go and have a look. Yes, grab a brew, get comfy, and watch that. And Adam's on the socials too, under the same name, the Geeks handbag. So go and do all that stuff, and we'll all chat Doctor Who together, and enjoy all the future episodes. So until next week, have a good one, and remember, it's, it's 